I definitely think being in the mindset of long-term first and foremost is really important just with setting expectations because you can't expect overnight success and even people who look like overnight success have been working for years uh, behind the scenes. Welcome back to Nothing Shines Like Dirt, episode 25. I'm Elise Siebert. And I'm Leslie Shannon. Today, we are talking to the CEO of FindSpark and social media guru, Emily Mithner. We have a little conversation about networking on social media. Networking in person. And, and hashtags. hashtags. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I'm just checking the levels this week. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so first of all, like, let the audience know kind of who you are and what you do so that they can get an idea of where you're coming from. Sure. Uh, so my name is Emily Miffner, and I'm the CEO and founder of FindSpark.com. And we are a community dedicated to setting up young professionals for career success and also connecting companies to exceptional young professional talent. So we produce all sorts of uh, fun career networking programs and resources online and offline. And one of the main reasons I started the company is because I found for myself that networking and putting myself out there online and offline was really important in my career development and path and also at the same time saw how most people hated it. Um, Most people hate the idea of networking, they don't know how to go about it, they don't understand how important it is and so I knew I wanted to start something that really helped to emphasize how important it is to create a really strong network for yourself early on in your career and so FindSpark helps uh, people to do that. And in doing that, we've created this really amazing community of diverse young professionals who are super ambitious and go-getters and side hustlers and uh, like lifetime learners. So it's uh, like, that's That's like so New York because you have to, there's like no other way to live here than to side (laughs) hustle. I think it's technology too, right? Like Mm -hmm. technology has made people, I I mean, people are go, go, go all the time. And yeah. Well, it's also technology has made it so easy to start things mm-hmm. and to do things. And I think that, and that's a big way how FindSpark started, which actually started as a side hustle. Uh, and, you know, I think there's way less room for excuses nowadays in terms of reaching the people you want to reach, doing what you want to do, because it's so easy to do some sort of small version of it uh, digitally some way uh, that it's, it's really exciting. Where do people start? Because, I mean, I think any industry, especially in filmmaking and being an actor, like it's really important to network, but sometimes it's so overwhelming. It's like Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, having a website, you know, and then keeping all these things updated. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of times I think people get things started and going and then it's like you don't see the instant results from it. And so it's like this like, oh my gosh, I am spending five hours on social media stuff and... I don't know. So where do you yeah, recommend well, to start? I definitely think being in the mindset of long-term first and foremost is really important just with setting expectations because you can't expect overnight success. And even people who look like overnight success have been working for years uh, behind the scenes. So That's the film industry in general. You just encompassed <laughs> the entire film industry. <laughs> oh, great, great. Okay. And, Should we and stop? Yeah. Yeah. And done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's right. Of course, you're going to see all the highlights. But um, so I think being in that long-term mindset when it comes to relationships 
relationships and building your online presence is super important. Uh, and, um, and I also recommend making the sound judgment call of trying out various platforms uh, by being like a user and a lurker first, right? Like most of the internet <laughs> is uh, lurkers, like lurker. right? Um, and so it's fine to be a lurker at first, like see what other actors are doing, see what other filmmakers are doing, how other people are using things. Like there's so much you can do to just look at for references. Um, that's incredible, right? So like looking at references and then seeing what platform you just enjoy the most. Uh, you know, I think trying to set goals for yourself is good, but I also think just giving yourself the freedom to go with the flow in terms of not feeling like I have to post to this platform X amount of times per week or per day or per month, uh, and also being okay with letting things go. So, you know, for instance, when I graduated, I, I actually have a degree in fine arts with a concentration in design, but I wasn't actually a very good designer, which was upsetting <laughs> at the time, but it's uh, what helped me figure out the need for FineSpark. Uh, but so, uh, you know, I thought, well, I want to get into social media more so because I didn't major in it. And so I thought I need to, I need to blog about it. So I, I should, I set myself the goal of blogging three times a week about various things I had read or learned within the realm of social media when I graduated. And I don't even know if I did that for a week. Uh, yeah, that's a I, lot. That was yeah. like... <laughs> and, well, and I didn't even have high expectations. I wasn't yeah. writing these, like, thinking I was going to write these long journalistic pieces, but really, like, recaps and summaries. But I don't like writing. Uh, I always <laughs> I always joke that when I write my book, I will not write a word. I will be speaking the entire thing into my voice memo on my sticky note on my phone. Uh, <laughs> and so I quickly gave up on that and then started gravitating more to platforms like Twitter, uh, which a lot of people think is on its way out, but I think it's still really powerful uh, and really great way to connect with people and get on people's radar easily, quickly, and in a non-creepy way. Uh, because, you know, people are on Twitter to connect versus, you know, say if you try to connect with someone on Facebook or LinkedIn, a lot of people have m much more stringent guidelines as to who they may or may not communicate with. So, you know, I started to use Twitter a lot more, um, really stopped blogging. And now, you know, I'll write occasionally on LinkedIn articles or I'll write for FindSpark. But still, I really focus on that short form content because that's what I'm good at. It's what I enjoy. Um, with Instagram, I post, you can easily scroll through back like years through my life on Instagram because I don't post that often. Uh, because I don't know, it's just, I feel a lot of pressure to post like only the good things on Instagram because that's what it's become. So I don't you know it's become these like work of art profile. Yeah. <laughs> and I've sort of decided, you know, okay, that's what it's going to be for me. Like I'm going to post selectively. I'm not posting family stuff. I'm not really posting like coffee shots or like the from where I stand I'm posting if I'm speaking at an event like I we should get a picture here yes. you know you know like this kind of thing and I created a hashtag uh talks by Emily Mithner so that you can click on that hashtag and see photos from all the talks I've done so uh so that's what I've turned you know my Instagram into so you know getting in being okay with like every platform being a little different no one should ever feel like you should be everywhere all the time because that's just not possible yeah. So finding whatever you works for you. Mm -hmm. I like and I like enjoying it too. Like yeah. what you're good at or 
and or enjoying it. So of it's course. not this. Because yeah. if you enjoy it, you'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> and if you'll do it, it will become more useful. Yes. Nothing is useful if it, you know, and, and useful could mean anything. Like useful could mean getting inspiration. Useful can mean connecting with people. Useful can mean promoting your brand, you know, and different tools are different for different reasons. Yeah, I was thinking too, like, and I know this seems like uh, an absurd question, but like hashtags, right? Mm -hmm. So hashtags, why is it so important to use them? And is it better to stick to like a hashtag you use over and over again? Or is it better to diversify? Because that's something that always kind of boggles my brain. Because I get, that's one of the ways that I get really creative with my social media is Mm -hmm. I'll do really like off the wall hashtags but sort I don't of know. like editorial hashtags yeah. almost yeah. yeah but I don't know if that does anything right, I mean right. I have fun with it but but yeah so hashtags ex- explain them to us sure <laughs> well so right so hashtag is a way of um you know creating a group of con- like finding content related uh, to a certain topic and it is important to be so let's talk about you using them as um, an individual first, right? So um, being strategic about what makes sense for you in the long term in terms of, like you said, like creating one hashtag or do you dilute it, you know, or well, and that's how I think of it. It's like you don't want to dilute a hashtag if you're going to use it and try to push it. You want to make sure there's actually content on it. So if you create all these variations, so if you're, you know, if you're an actor and you do stand up and you do theater and you're in films and or, you know, um, say commercials and you create a different hashtag of photos or content when you're doing those different things, you're splitting it up and you're making people see less when they search those hashtags. Whereas if you just say like John Doe actor in any of your work, people can click on that hashtag and see all the work that you're doing all at once. And then, um, you know, also being strategic about it. Uh, as a good example, a great photographer who I, or sorry, retoucher who I know, um, he has an Instagram account where he posts his work, but he also just posts random things and he has a very funny sense of humor. Uh, and so it's not just beautiful work when you look at his Instagram, it's some funny stuff um, as well. But he has a hashtag, uh, ZVWorks, so it's his, his initials, works. And when you click on that, it's only his work. And it's all work that he's posted and it's beautiful and it's consistent. And that's a, you know, a hashtag also becomes a clickable link that you can share, you can put on your website, you can send it to somebody. And so I think that's a great way to do things. And also, you know, for me, uh, you know, I do a lot of speaking. And so for any photo on my Instagram or if I tweet a photo, I do talks by Emily Miffner. And I only came up with that say in the last six months or so. And so what did I do? I went back through all of my Instagram photos and I added talks by Emily Mithner to anything I'm speaking at. So now that hashtag has, you know, dozens, if not maybe over a hundred photos of me speaking, but I made sure that they were there and they were being used. So that's that's what you should think about in terms of what you should use for yourself. Um, And then hashtags are also just really great for finding other people who are interested in your field or who might become clients or could hire you and that sort of thing. So just being aware of hashtags that are being used in your industry, in your field. Uh, You know, if there's somebody who is has doing similar work to you seeing what they're using because it is i would say mostly more so on instagram hashtags are a way of finding um uh people search i feel like more proactively on instagram hashtags versus instagram i i'm sorry twitter i feel like they're not as useful 
in terms of topics and less it's events i think Twitter is amazing for events. And if you're ever at a conference or you're at something like, um, you know, one of these big like weeks or like Cannes Film Festival or whatever, oh my gosh, like use that hashtag everywhere and use it in all of your posts and also use it to find other people. Um, I've done that when I've gone to conferences where I know no one, where I will look up the hashtag from the year before or if the hashtag for the like festival or thing that it is is used throughout the year, like I'll look it up follow people and then one of my super fancy icebreakers is like hey I recognize you from Twitter (laughs) you know and uh, that's that's how I introduce myself and then you know that person will introduce you to more and more people so definitely love live tweeting and using hashtags on Twitter for events and conferences and festivals smart if you I mean a lot of filmmakers are going to festivals and and also researching festivals for submitting their stuff and what an, what a great sometimes you just go to Google right away but I'm like that makes so much sense because people post photos and talk about the event mm-hmm. when they're there and you get that if you're on Twitter and even if you're not using Twitter super actively as long as you have a good profile uh, you know you can search those hashtags for the film festival and tweet at people directly and it's so it's such a good chance that you're gonna get on their radar better that way than in an inbox where everybody is super inundated and overwhelmed Mm -hmm. or you could try both but it's it's definitely um a, a good strategy and there is something that you can look for now you are able to say anybody can direct message me on twitter regardless of whether or not we're following each other so also looking for people who have their direct messages open is what i like to say because then you can get right into their inbox uh and it's you can have more of a private conversation yeah no, that's really cool. Um, I guess that goes into networking on Twitter. Like, yep. what? Like, if people have maybe like a target list of um, whether it's casting directors for actors mm-hmm. or festivals for filmmakers or or for directors that are trying to get an actor into their movie or whatever. Like, how can you use Twitter to engage maybe the people you're trying to connect with to collaborate with? Yeah. Well, I think you know thinking backwards in terms of uh, for Twitter, I would say again looking for those hashtags for events um, or topics that are, you know, and I say events because events can be very large, um, but they're still specific versus if you're just searching like hashtag looking for an actor. I mean, I don't know, like (laughs) anyone could be searching that, you know? Yeah. So, and, and also it's a little, it can be a little more localized with events. So I think that's the best way is to, so even if the event, the great thing about Twitter is stuff stays there forever. So even if it's last year's festival or last year's event, or this event isn't happening anymore, you can still search that hashtag and find those profiles. Uh, And another good underutilized Twitter feature is lists. So you can create lists of Twitter accounts and either make them public or private. So I did that, that conference I mentioned, uh, I made a list of anyone who had used this hashtag in the past. Uh, and that way I can easily go through and see if they were, go- if, see if they were tweeting about it this time around as well. Uh, so th- those are two tips for finding people. And then when it comes to, you know, engaging, just simply, again, tweeting at people, um, hey, like I saw your work and I have an interesting project. Can I email you? Uh, and that's usually what my tweet is like. It's like the super short, quick pitch. Can I email you? Um, can I reach out? And then if they don't have their DMs open, a lot of times if they're interested, they'll follow me. Then we can DM. They'll DM me their email and then we can move it to email. Very cool. Cool. 
Yeah, I feel like that is one thing that's really cool about Twitter is it does feel like you actually have more access to people than per se on other platforms. Because if they're public, you don't have to wait for them to accept your friend or LinkedIn request. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And you can do the same stuff with Instagram, by the way, right? So as long as people are public, like you can search hashtags, DM people, same deal. Uh, And actually one thing that's really great with Instagram that you can't really do with Twitter is you can search people by location. So, oh, you know, if, that's really interesting. If yeah. you're looking for actors, you want student actors, I mean, you could look up, well, where's, you know, this the like the Tisch School of Arts or something at NYU and you can click on the location and see people who have posted Instagram posts in that location. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's you have to do some digging because there's probably people posting photos there who aren't actually actors, but it's a really great way to potentially find people. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's yeah. really cool. What about your advice for like networking at events? Because you you have expertise in that too. And we were talking about earlier, like that bad taste that people get in their mouths with networking. <laughs> yeah. Well, because for for actors in particular, I feel like it's it's really complicated because on the totem pole of filmmaking, you're like the bottom rung, and people always think you want something from them. And so finding the right way to exist and talk to people in circles without feeling like that, because I mean, people literally will ignore you because they're like, oh no, they're an actor, they want something. Mm. And you're like, no, I just want to say hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How you doing? Yeah, and there's some parallels there with like job seekers, right? Because a lot of people, job seekers are in that mindset of like, I have nothing to offer, I just need a job. And I think one thing is just flipping your mindset into being yeah. like, I am a human, I am interesting, I have things to offer, I would like to have conversations with other interesting people especially nowadays when I it seems you know actors really have to become more versatile and so many actors are doing other things they're doing their own content digital content you know that sort of thing so um you know I I'd say first of all just being in that mindset of you're cool you have something to offer and 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 knowing that it's a long-term relationship building game and making sure that you know and and stereotypes and these you know bubbles of negativity happen for a reason because a lot of people do just walk into networking events thinking I'm gonna go up to these three people and ask for a gig you know so don't do (laughs) Do that that Uh, that, obviously (laughs) you know um, and 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 another thing that I think is helpful for avoiding the awkwardness is to search for events where the topic the theme or the people who will be there are genuinely interesting to you there are so many events you can choose from especially if you're in a big city like New York and so just being strategic about it and you know if you're really interested in say a certain type of film um, you know indie or sci-fi or comics whatever you know surrounding yourself with uh, making those sort of strategic choices because then you know like you're going to have things in common with these people and you're if you're interested in something you have knowledge and you can offer that so that that's a huge thing if you just start by being targeted that's helpful uh, and then you know when it comes to maybe events where they are more broad maybe you don't know anyone you went on your own you know some simple icebreakers are uh, commenting on things people are wearing it seems cheesy and um, uh, you know surface level but I also on the flip side of that always recommend having some sort of statement piece when you're at an event so that could be a statement necklace a tie like a bow tie a tie cool shoes a bat you know just something where you 
you feel like it, it sort of stands out because then you give people the opportunity to say, oh my gosh, like, I love your bag. I love your purse. Um, and another great place to start conversations is when you're online. So online for the bathroom, online for a drink, because people have nowhere to go. They can't escape you. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, just saying like what brought you here is a great icebreaker. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, just kind of keeping it chill and silly. Like I have been at events where I don't know anyone. I'm not talking to anyone and I just search the room for somebody else and I'm like, hey, so you're not chatting with anyone else yet either. So I just wanted to say hi, you know, <laughs> like find the other uh, find the other single person. Find uh, the other awkward kid in the corner. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and actually my, my other strategic tip for finding people is to look for uneven groups, uh, uneven circles, uh, like numbers of people who are chatting. So groups of three, groups of five. And usually that, you know, there's somebody who's not engaged. And so you kind of come in on like the side skirts and you try to like engage that unengaged person. That's really smart. No, that is super smart. <laughs> like it's it's all like common sense things, but you don't necessarily well, and sometimes think of them. I, it's funny how when you're alone at an event, you think everybody knows that you're alone. Like it's this weird like <laughs> panic, you know? You're like, oh my God, people are going to think I'm so weird because I'm just standing here. And yeah. it's like that, it's so funny. It's like that flight or fight yeah. just natural yeah. response and it's like just well, engage and <laughs> and that's also because a lot of events suck mm. so you know i started fine spark because i felt like there were not great events geared towards young people who aren't as familiar with networking are new to the real world and that sort of thing so again that stereotype also comes from a lot of events suck they're not facilitated well they're not formatted well and they don't make it easy to to talk to people so you know the other thing with events in new york and, and again going back to choosing events like go to an event and if you don't drive with the people and you think the environment is like snooty and stuck up like don't go back you know, it's okay, okay, or leave early, <laughs> you know, um, that that's the other thing, like, you it's, you got to put yourself out there and go into these different groups of people until you feel like you either find one that you fit in with, or you, you know, can collect some individuals for, you know, your own sort of personal outside circle as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's really cool. I mean, that's good. It's, I mean, again, it's one of those things that you're right, just because a certain event is bad doesn't mean all events ever are bad. <laughs> yeah. And all the people in them are bad. Like exactly. there can be bad events with good people. That's true too. Also yeah. true. Yeah. Also true. So when you were helping to promote um, or helping, you weren't necessarily promoting, you were helping with her, um, it's After Spring, was that the name yes. of it? Um, it's film where you were helping with the, and was it Indiegogo or was it? Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Kickstarter I knew campaign. it was one of them. Yeah. I couldn't remember which. So what sort of recommendations did you did you give in that sort of platform for crowdfunding? Absolutely. Well, so one of my biggest tips for people to get other people to do stuff for them is to make it easy for them to do stuff for you. So when it comes to something like a Kickstarter campaign, uh, doing things where, for instance, you send an email uh, to your you know close network of people who you know want to support you, and within that email, you have things like an easy fo- an easy to forward blurb, right? So you give them a already cut and like made paragraph where people can learn more. You give them a sample social media post. You give them a sample tweet. 
there's a platform called click to tweet that is what it sounds like it lets you make you put in the copy and then it'll give you a link and then when people click that link it will automatically come like create a tweet with that copy you know so basically like doing the work for people and just making it really easy for people to share like give them images give them good images that will you know show up well on social media um, and tell them and also be specific about what you're looking for, right? So if it's something general like promoting a campaign or getting people to um, just like view a campaign or that sort of thing, it's probably going to be that sort of stuff where you're just saying, please share this with your network generally. But then if you are ever looking for support for something else and say you're looking for actors or you're looking for producers or investors, that's when you need to be specific so that people can help you as best as possible. Because the worst type of requests are the generic ones where I'm not really clear on what you want. And if I'm not clear on what you want, I'm gonna move on to the next thing because I have a six second attention span. And like no one has time for that, right? So if you need something specific, be specific. Ah. Um, just like acting, right? <laughs> it's also to not, oh, yeah, that is not, an acting. Not I did theater growing yeah, up, so you know yeah, I've done those exactly. like improv classes and theater camp and some plays. Oh and, yeah. yeah, see you're right there with us. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think being specific in your question goes back into um, that fear of asking what you really want because sometimes people are like, if you can help me, or if there's, if you like are inspired to be a part of this or something and it's kind of these loose ended questions yeah, but yeah. yeah but being like I know like could you make an introduction to this person or mm-hmm. you know or this type of person yeah. and the same goes for job hunting you know people oh my god when people say like, I'll take anything or even if that like anything in marketing or anything in theater or anything in whatever it is it's like people aren't going to send you everything. Yeah. And people say that because they're afraid of, you know, pigeonholing themselves into one thing. But again, at the end of the day, it's like people are not going to send you every job lead ever. And you don't have to get, well, and you don't have to get so very specific. Like I want this job title at this company. If you know that, great. If you're asking someone who like works there or whatever, but you know, just saying, you know, I am looking for, a uh, a role within uh, like a small theater and I'm willing to move anywhere right versus I want to be at you know in a big city at like a large professional theater you know what I mean giving those guidelines so that people can help you Uh, and then also getting specific as well because you never know and that's my favorite part about networking is you never know who knows who you never know who you're talking to so if you do know like I want to work at this theater or I want to work with this director like just say it because you know you you never know you know so don't be afraid to be give the generals but also give some specifics because that can lead to great things yeah because you never know the world is so much smaller than you think it is Mm -hmm. um I had an experience the other day where I actually had a girl that I met that she worked um in Pennsylvania and did theater there one summer and it was like in the town right next to where my husband's from and she worked with one of his friends that works and does stuff there and I was (laughs) like what in the world like I met her on set Mm -hmm. and so like it's you never know about things until you ask Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Well, um, as far as, so I feel like something, one last thing that I wanted to really delve into and ask about is as far as mistakes that people make on social media, what would you say are some of the biggest snafus? Sure. 
An easy one to avoid is broken links and outdated bios. So it's okay if there are certain platforms that you don't post on very often, or maybe at some point you just sort of abandon them, but make sure if you abandon them, you actually delete them and you don't just leave them unupdated for two years Um, or leave something, for instance, if it's a blog, have a post that's, you know, on the homepage that says, you know, no longer updating this blog, but follow me on Twitter, you know, so it's just finding empty or broken links uh, or bios that you're like, so obviously haven't updated in years. It just looks lazy and sloppy. So if you need to do something like what I do, which is every month I have a reoccurring Google calendar alert that says update social media profiles and in the description of that event is a link to all of my social media profiles and it's just a nice reminder for me to click through them and make sure that they're all updated and the great thing about your profiles is that you can so easily change and edit the bios and so not being afraid to say as you kind of adjust the direction you're going into, make a couple of keyword changes here or there, like move something, add something in. Uh, you know, there's a, a woman, a young woman I met um, at a party, and she's an amazing artist, and she got her start by focusing on GIFs, animated GIFs. And so she's spoken at some Fine Spark events, and we have mutual friends, so I see her every so often, and recently had her come in and speak at, um, speak in the class that I teach. So I'm also an adjunct professor, and I teach uh, social media and career courses at SVA and FIT. And so I was looking her up to share her information for this class, and her bio on Instagram now is, I direct very short films. So she's still doing GIF work, but she wants to move into doing longer form video. And she's doing that kind of slowly but surely. But it was a very obvious, like specific choice in terms of adjusting her bio to match where she sees herself going and where she wants to go. And I thought that was, I think that's great. And I think a lot of people don't update it enough and are also there they feel like it has to kind of be the same and Mm -hmm. so just knowing that you can change it as well Mm -hmm. um and yeah you know in terms of other i would say the other kind of snafu is just not doing shit (laughs) like (laughs) because i feel like for the most part it's I don't know. Like, I can't think of anything beyond being super creepy and obnoxious and, like, adding someone on every social network and then liking all of their posts because you want to work with them, you know, being an extreme. But beyond that, I feel like most people I run into, I just want to shake them and be like, just do it then. Like, what is stopping you? You know, just start posting or tweet that or reach out to that person. Uh, So... Yeah, I'd say that comes up. I see that more than people doing things, quote unquote, wrong, because I don't think there's really a wrong way to do things. You just have to do things in a way that works for you. Yeah. Um, I have one last question. Uh, A lot of times with filmmakers or web series or people creating their own work, they are so busy producing and making sure everything gets made and post-production and everything. And sometimes the social media slips through the cracks and they're always looking for, I need a social media person. I need a social Mm -hmm. media person. Do you have any ideas how to connect artists who are creating their own work with the, the, these other people that are trying to create these careers of being social media gurus like yourself? Yeah, so, you know, LinkedIn might not be the number one place for actors, but LinkedIn is, you know, it is such a huge network to be able to find 
professionals doing things. And so, you know, being able to search a plat- platform like that, keywords, freelance social media person, you know, um, that that's kind of an easy thing to do is just like search LinkedIn for people in your city uh, who have that title. Um, also looking for people who are interested in learning and want to do it on the side, I think is great. Uh, budget friendly <laughs> method, <laughs> yes. you know, so kind of keeping your ears open or telling folks that like, hey, if you're interested in learning this new skill, you know, I have a small budget for someone to help us out. Um, and, you know, a lot of times the great thing with social media, it can be scheduled in advance and that sort of thing. So freelance social is a great great side hustle for a lot of people. So looking for people who are maybe already interested in your genre or um, they're sort of floating within your network or slightly outside and being like, hey, like, have you ever thought about this? Um, Because especially finding, you know, picking people who you know, you've already have some sort of connection to so you can um, personality vouch for them. Like, you know, they're a cool person. Maybe you've met a few times and maybe they're just not thinking about doing it. Um, but that, that would be another method of, um, searching for folks. And how, how about like in the process when you are like creating something, how early is it? I mean, is there a time that's too early to start with social media or, um, I mean, doing it within the development phase or should you wait until you're like in production or like, do you have any recommendations as far as that goes? Well, oh, well, one thing I was going to say too, is just to, I mean, as you mentioned, it's, it's such a process and it takes so much time to produce the thing, but take pictures and snippets and all that stuff while you're doing it. Uh, and so if you're not actually sharing it, then you'll at least have it for the future. Um, you know, what a shame to like wrap something and be like, oh my God, we only have blurry Blackberry photos. I don't know. <laughs> like, so just make sure that you're, that you're documenting. And, and, and also, you know, if getting anyone who you have uh, working with you involved as well. So, you know, going back to hashtags, it's like pick a hashtag for your thing straight off the bat and tell all of your team members, whether it's the actors or the producers, hey, this is the hashtag. And also, you know, encouraging them to post and, and share behind the scenes and that sort of thing. Um, because that's all, all great, um, using it, uh, having that artillery to use later for someone. Um, you know, I, th- I think it's it's hard to give a blanket statement as to how soon is too soon because it really, there's so many different ways of doing these things and producing. Um, I do think it is never too early to start building an email list. So that is something I've never heard somebody be like, oh man, I wish I didn't start so soon with collecting <laughs> emails. <laughs> because I know we're talking about social media, but, you know, getting people directly into their inbox, I mean, that is still huge. And I think just, you know, whatever your thing is called, having a simple landing page for it and having an email sign up that's just a sign up for updates. And even if it's just your friends and your family and your professors, whatever, just, you got to start somewhere. So giving people the option, you always want to give people the option to in- engage with you and to, you know, opt in to receive updates. Uh, and so, you know, having um, 
you know, I definitely recommend a platform like Wix.com is really great for people who want to throw up a landing page or a simple website for a film, a web series and whatnot. Uh, and the thing I love about their platform too is that they have a built-in email tool uh, called Shoutout. So you don't need to build like another, you don't need to use another outside, you know, email provider, which, you know, those exist as well. But Wix is nice if you're just trying to keep it simple um, and, and do everything kind of all in one place. Cool. Awesome. Well, tell everybody where they can find you and if they want your your assistance. Sure. Well, so you can find me at uh, emilymithner.com. And my last name is M-I-E-T-H-N-E-R. It gets flopped around the I and the E a lot. Um, but I'm pretty much Emily Mithner on every platform. So LinkedIn and Twitter are two of the best places to connect with me. And if you want to learn more about FindSpark, we're F-I-N-D-S-P-A-R-K.com. And FindSpark also on Twitter. LinkedIn, Instagram, Snapchat, all that good stuff. So your, your preferred platform of choice, you can follow us for really great career tips, networking tips, and personal branding tips. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for taking the time out of your busy day to sit down with us and talk and to so many great little tidbits, you know? Yeah, yeah. I know. I feel I every time I have conversations about social media, I get like excited slash dread. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think the other thing is, you know, just in closing, it's like, little by little like yeah. you know just setting yourself actionable goals to try things and to set these little goals but then give yourself wiggle room to adjust and, and again do it in a way that works for you and all this stuff takes a ton of time and it does take effort but ultimately the goal is that by building up these social media channels personally for yourself or for your platform is that your life and your the business side of things will get easy but you have to put up that effort and easier you have to put up um that effort in the first place invest that time and effort right oh, that's always the way it goes right so true <laughs> well thank you so much thank you awesome. so thank much thank you for having Emily. me of course all right, thank all you right. guys for listening good night bye, bye.